edition of the Lakers Locker Room. I'm your co-host, Tejon Graham. Alongside me is my guy, the one, the only, Mr. Jason Little. Jason, how are you doing today, man? Fantastic. Thank you, Tejon. So today we got another great guest for you guys here today. Man, this guy's been at News for a long time. He's actually the one that gave us the opportunity to do this podcast. So please welcome to Lakers Locker Room, Mr. Warren Lindsay. Warren, how are you doing today, man? Very well. Thank you very much, Tejan. It's good to be here with both of you. Uh, that was a, an amazing introduction. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, I had to. So let's get right into it. So we were just talking about before we got there, but congratulations. You, know, you just had a son not too long ago. So just talk to a bit of us about how father has been like for you so far. Uh, it's It's been uh, honestly amazing. It has been exactly what everyone was telling me. You know, like they're like, it's going to change your life. It kind of changes everything. Uh, I, I was, I don't know, I, I don't want to say skeptical, but I was like, you know what, I've been through a lot. Let's see, uh, this is just a new step in another adventure. Um, and it's been absolutely amazing. My little boy, Nova, he just turned uh, three months uh, last Friday, and uh, he's just a little ball of happiness. It's a, it's a great experience. You have any tips for um, new fathers from based off what you've learned so far? Any new tips? Um sleep whenever you can whenever uh he's sleeping whenever your your little one is sleeping catch a nap you know close your eyes just pretend to sleep that would be honestly the best thing and then uh never stop learning and i pretty much learn something new every day that's awesome how would you say he's changed you since you've had him? Like, I know sometimes when people get a new child, you know, it changes your perspective on different things. You know, like people see the world differently for what it is when they have a child, whether it's a son or a daughter. So for you having a son, how has it changed you? Um, honestly, when I first found out I was having a child, we were going back and forth with the university about the whole, uh, like, Black Lives Matter statement. And it just kind of uh, put that in different perspective for me where it was like, I, I felt like I was um, almost like fighting or arguing for points that were bigger than myself. And I was like, I'm, I'm you know, bringing a, 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 you know, a black little baby boy into this world and he's going to go through all of the struggles that I went through and more. And I just kind of felt like uh, things needed to change on a whole different level. And on, on top of that, it's just kind of, my perspective on what was important to me really shifted from being kind of focused on myself to being focused on, you know, the whole, not even just my son, but the whole uh, next generation of, of children that are being brought up in this world. Yeah. And I think it's kind of crazy too, because when you look at the way that like, you were raised and the way, ways that me and Jason were raised, like as you go on from generation to generation, things change, especially with, you know, the evolution of social media. Like so many things are getting exposed to children at a younger age. So that's a lot of things you got to take into account. Plus, like you said, you know, coming, bringing, a, you know, a black kid into the world, you know, all the struggles that comes with that. So a lot of things you got to be cognizant about, you know, when you're bringing a child like this. But just knowing you, I think it'll be a great father. I think it'll be fine. And just once again, congratulations on having a son. I wish you nothing but the best for, you know, your new journey of fatherhood. Thank you. Thank you very much. That means a lot to me. So let's switch gears a bit. So last year, 2020, 21 was obviously a huge hectic of a year in terms of, you know, with online school and obviously couldn't be in person, but we are now back with the upcoming 21-22 season. So for you being a part of news, so just talk a bit about how excited you are to hopefully have, you know, students back on campus and hopefully have that face-to-face -face interaction that we didn't have last year. Last year was... Uh... Uh, you know, a write-off for for lack of better words, where it's like we didn't have 
you know, students in person. Uh, we had a lot of online events, which were, were great, but it's just a totally different experience when you have uh, students on campus for the first time, like making new friendships and like exploring the community. It, it is something that is honestly one of my favorite parts about working at NUSU. Um, this year, I'm very excited. We've got like great numbers in residents, uh, enrollments. Uh, it's, it's almost back up to we were pre-pandemic. And uh, I, I think it's going to be a great year, not only for, you know, orientation a week and the events that are, you know, at the start of the semester, but also like throughout the year. I'm hoping that, uh, you know, by like October, we've settled in and everything, you know, is at least somewhat back to normal and we can kind of... Uh, you know, see how it goes from there. Fingers crossed for sure. It's been a wild year and um, not trying to yeah, be absolutely. Debbie Downer, but seeing the cases, I don't know if you guys saw what happened. I think it was in Ottawa. 7,000 people now have to get tested from that outbreak. That could be bad news. Not trying to be, you know, that jinx is. the situation. <laughs> but... No, but it's, uh, I, I was hearing on the news today that they're, they're rolling back mask mandates into areas like BC and Alberta. They're like, they, they dropped the masks for a while. I think it was uh, early June. And now they're kind of rolling that back and being like, well, you need to have masks on. It, it really stops the spread because numbers are, are shooting up. Yeah. So I, I think what the university did in their announcement to say that, you know, to come on the campus, to be an athlete, you've got to be vaccinated. And uh, it, it just kind of puts a lot of people at, at ease where it's like, you know, imagine being in, you know, first year, you want to get out, you want to start your, your, you know, your, your, your educational career and uh, just, you know, going to a place where you're not sure if everyone's vaccinated, you're not sure of the status, that, that's an added stress to like the other thousand stressors that the first years are going through. So. I, I think it'll be great as long as everyone's kind of on top of their game, social distance, mask, wash your hands, what everyone's been saying for the last two years. I don't know. I think I'm, I'm optimistic that things will be all right for the fall. For sure. Last year, mental health was really a big topic just because the pandemic really brought out a lot of different factors. You know, a lot of people were really kind of struggling with mental health and quarantine. And obviously being, being home, my brother, you know, I saw how difficult it was going from, you know, being from online to not being online, stuff like that. So for you personally, how are you personally able to adapt to going from being in person so much in 1922, completely basically being online in 2021? Like, how are you able to personally deal with the pandemic and working online and doing all of your day-to-day -day affairs? Um, for me, it was a little bit easier. We were still uh, at the end of our kind of construction phase of the student center when uh, the pandemic hit. Um, that was a, a big focus, uh, a big part of my career where it's just kind of like, uh, I passed off a few of the things that to do with like orientation and, and O week and, and things like that. And, uh, I have a great team that helped me kind of work on those things in the background while I was focused on the construction project. Um, once construction wrapped up, um, I did what I could to help my team, but they had a lot of things in place in terms of our online events and, and everything like that. So I just kind of stepped in the background to support them there. Um, I'm looking forward, like really looking forward to the shift into like back to in-person events this semester and this year. So, you know, the transition wasn't too hard for me. I have a, a great team to, to kind of fall back on that, uh, really stepped up with the online events and 
you know, I'm, I'm ready to hit the ground running with the new student center. We're, uh, you know, have our, our grand opening plan for the week of September 13th. And uh, we'll be able to get students in, give them tours, and then open up the space uh, the following week for, you know, people to come in and to study, just to lounge between classes and things like that. Yeah. yeah. Jason, I was telling you before we got on air, but like the new student center is beautiful. Like I had the opportunity to get a sneak peek from Sarah um, yesterday. So by the time this podcast comes out, this will, the student center should be open by the time this comes out. So for those who haven't gone in yet, Warren, just give, talk, just give us a sneak peek in terms of what to expect, like what's in the student center, just to get people excited for the new student center, because it's a nice $13.5 million newly renovated space. Another great opportunity for people to go on campus. So like, just talk a bit about how much work that you've put into making sure that this came to fruition and what are some things are people can look forward to in the new student center this year? It's honestly been about, excuse me, about six years of kind of design and redesign just to get to where we are. Uh, two years of construction. And uh, yeah, like you said, we've got, uh, you know, just over $13 million facility that's uh, going to be like geared towards the Nipissing student. We did surveys before we started construction to see what students wanted on campus. And the biggest thing was more like lounge and more study spaces. So that's like the majority of what's in the building. On the first floor, we've got uh, two like beautiful, like glassed in study rooms. One's a, a soft seating lounge style room. The other one's more of like a classroom style kind of tables and chairs for, for doing group projects or just coming in and do some homework. Both of them look onto our, our courtyard in the back, which is like, it's a, I call it like a Northern Ontario quad. Most of our universities have, you know, some kind of green space in the middle of campus surrounded by buildings. Here we've got buildings on two sides and then trees on two sides where it's like, I can't wait for students to be in there, you know, try and relax between classes. You can look out, see some nature. If the weather is, you know, agreeing with us, you could sit outside and do some homework. It'll, uh, It'll be an amazing space. And on a clear day, even from the, the, the first floor in that study room, you can see Lake Nipissing. It's a beautiful view. Um, yeah, so that's uh, two of the study spaces we have. We've also got um, a hallway with some study nooks that look onto the, the courtyard as well. Uh, second floor hallway with a lot of soft seating and um, you know, a couple of meeting rooms and a major boardroom that uh, can be rented out for you know, students or faculty if they wanna have meetings. Um, and um, yeah, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to open the bar and the restaurant side of things uh, sooner than later. I've been told uh, second semester is looking good for that. And um, yeah, it'll, it'll be a great space. I, I can't even do it justice with my words. Like, you, you know, Tasia, you got to come through and uh, take a look and, and see what uh, we've been working on there. Yeah, like I'll say, like what you said, I think my favorite part of the whole student center was definitely the restaurant and bar, especially the alumni now, just like how nice it is on the second floor, especially since with new base, one of the things that we're doing this year is obviously like the celebrate the culture dance. So seeing, you know, for the first time, like the actual space that we're going to be working with, I'm like, wow, like, this is a really nice space. And like, you said, like, hopefully, COVID permitted, we can have the events that we want to do, um, continue to, you know, build the camaraderie and build the culture here at Nipissing, because you guys really did a fantastic job of just putting out the landscape, giving the opportunities for us to really do all these things. And like I said, the Student Center is a really great, like I said, a fantastic facility. You guys did a tremendous job, and I can see a lot of blood, sweat, and tears went into putting all this together. So just from me to you, just thank you so much for all the work that you did on your end to make sure that this happens, because I know a lot of students, you know, 
don't show your appreciation sometimes, but for me personally, I'm going to show your appreciation and give you your flowers. So thank you so much for all the work that you've done to make sure that this new student center came to fruition after a long two years of construction, everything that we had to go through with the pandemic. Well, thank you very much, man. That means uh, means a lot to me. I, um, I I love my position at NUSU here. I've been here for uh, 2013, so it'll be eight years uh, this December that I've been with NUSU, and uh, my role has changed a lot. But hands down, my one of my favorite things is is working on the student center. Um, yeah, I, I can't wait to have uh, have it full and be running events out of there. It's just uh, it'll be a great hub on campus for not only you know like lounging we're gonna have educational programming we're hopefully gonna have you know talks uh, conferences ted talks i'm i'm hoping to uh to have you know a long legacy of amazing events run out of that space yeah i'm excited too switching gears a bit so talk to us about your upbringing you know just like myself grew up in toronto i grew up in the scarborough part of toronto so just talk a bit about what was it like for you personally growing up in toronto uh, I, I love the city. I also grew up in, in Scarborough in the East End. I'm uh, Markham and Lawrence. Um, oh, really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I love it. it the, the multicultural aspect of the city is one of the things that I, I probably miss the most in terms of um, just the different events, uh, the culture, the food. Um, it, it was amazing. It's, you know, it's, it's forever going to be my home. You know, my family was uh, still down there up until I, uh, I had this baby and uh, my mom and my dad both moved up to uh, the North Bay area, which is, uh, it's amazing. It's a little bit of a, you know, culture shock, you know, having your mom in your backyard rather than, you know, a couple hours away, she kind of shows up, but I love it. I can't complain. It's my mom. <laughs> but um, yeah. The, the city, I, I love it. And it, it taught me a lot of different skills. Um, I went to uh, Humber College. I took uh, business marketing and management as well as uh, electronics engineering. Uh, met uh, at a great, amazing a group of people. I played uh, rugby for Humber for, nice. uh, I think I played for them for four years and we've got uh, three OCAA championships. Very nice. which, uh, it's, it's not too bad. Three out of four years. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a, uh, it was a great place to grow up. And, um, you know, anytime I can get back to the city, I, I love to go down and visit, you know, see the friends. It's, it's been a while since this, you know, pandemic kind of locked things down, but when things are lifted, you know, that's one of the first places I'm going to go. No, for sure. Before we continue, I had to call Jason out in here. Cause Warren, we, you and I are both from Toronto because Jason's from Ottawa. He thinks anything is in toronto like he, he'll say like brampton's in toronto markham's in toronto richmond hills in toronto he bond he thinks anything near toronto <laughs> is in toronto like can you please tell him quickly like that's not toronto can you please vouch for me and say yo this east york north york scarborough uh tobacoke gta like can you please tell him that his geography is off yeah so uh, I'm, uh, you know, a little bit I'm a, of an old head where it's like I when I was growing up in Toronto, it was before it was the mega city. It was before it was the GTA and, and all of that. So it and was Scarborough exactly what separate, right? It was like, seven. <clears throat> yeah, Scarborough was a borough, right? So it's yeah, like, it was like the seven, yeah. seven cities, right? 
And, uh, you know, I think I was in high school when they kind of merged it all and, you know, yeah. gave us the 416 area code and became the GTA. But that does not include Brampton. That does not include no. Mississauga. Bring Ajax on the east. No, Oshawa. No. Oshawa, no. Peterborough. Hell, <laughs> hell no. Thank you. So right, I just look right? at this That's big like, chunk you know, and it says Toronto and I draw this fat circle around it. It's a Hamilton. You name it. Like, Hamilton's an hour away. That's what I'm saying. Like, you see what I'm talking about? Like, Hamilton, probably London. Throw Guelph in there. (laughs) Anything's Toronto. Like, cut it out. It's like, no. Like, I I do this. That's That's like me saying, like, Kingston and Ottawa are the same city. They're all all out there. It's all the same thing, right? (laughs) Like, Bowmanville. Like, no. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. I will say after <laughs> Tejon's lectured me on this, I went down a few weeks back with my girlfriend for the celebrator one year and I got to actually like take some time to really take in the areas and kind of pay attention to where I was in the no, city. So now it makes more sense. Like I understand where he's coming from because it's like actually kind of kind of far to get, you know, from um, Brampton to Toronto or whatnot. But when I was younger, in my eyes, it was like, oh, yeah. this is close. It's roughly the same area. Mm-hmm. You know, you hit this area. I just see streets <laughs> the whole way. So it has to be part of the same area. <laughs> nope. So. <laughs> no, there's nothing breaking it up. No country in between. Yeah. Like when you're going from Ottawa to, to Kingston, at least, you know, you're going to this section where it's just like the straight one road that's got nothing. Mm-hmm. So you're like, oh, at least that separates it. You know, you're seeing the urban side and the rural side, whereas <laughs> The city is just buildings everywhere, everywhere. But you saw for yourself how nice oh, yeah. the city of Toronto is. You saw for yourself. It's a beautiful yeah, city. I stayed on King Street. It was a beautiful time. Beautiful time. Yeah. Expensive too, though. Yeah. Like My bank account's still hurting to oh. this day. <laughs> I'm not going to tell how much money you spent, but Warren, it's a lot. Like, let's just say as much money you spent on that weekend is as much as people's paycheck. Let's just say that. You spent a lot. Oh, wow. Hey man, your anniversary. You only get one one year anniversary, man. You gotta blow it out. You gotta have <laughs> all the stops, man. Nah, nah. I see that. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Uh, Let me see. He we got that out of the way. You know Toronto is Toronto, not Brampton, Mississauga. Uh, no, okay. We got that out of the way. Moving forward. So Warren, once after you got Humber College, how did you end up at Never I'm very curious because I told Jason this story all the time. Like when I heard about North Bay it was 2017 when we went to when they hosted um Office of basketball and our coach said we're going to Canada College and Nipissing University. I'm like, what is North Bay? I'm like, what is Nipissing University? Like, I've never heard of this school in my life. And I thought once I did the weekend there back in 2017, I'm never coming back here. And Lord and behold, I'm here. So, how did you end up at Nipissing, especially from being both Toronto guys? That's three and a half hours away. Like, take me through, take me through your journey from Humber College to Nipissing University. So while I was at Humber, actually in my first year, I was uh, I, I played two sports. I played volleyball and uh, played some rugby. Um, when uh, playing volleyball against uh, Canada and Nipissing, um, I think it was a two day like back to back, and that was my first time in North Bay. I had never, I didn't know it existed. I was like Thunder Bay, where is this place? How long is it going to take? Um, yeah, came up. It was a nice little town. Nothing crazy. Okay, so then uh, I finished my schooling at uh, at Humber. Um, actually, became an electrician by trade. It's a, just part of the electronics engineering. I 
you know, branched out and did my apprenticeship. And then uh, I was about a year into running my own business and uh, I got a call. Um, sorry, while I was at Humber, I, my side job was working at the bar there. Um, yeah. In my third year, I became a assistant manager and, you know, just ran events kind of similar to, to my position now. Um, I got a call from uh, the student union up here at Nipissing saying they were having some issues with the way that their, their campus pub was being run. Um, back then it was the wall. I don't know if, you know, people are going to be familiar. Yeah, I, I've heard a lot of stories about the wall. Go back, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I came up in January and I did, um, I think, about a week and a half of some consulting for the student union. Just kind of ran through how the bar was being run, uh, their list of events, what I would do differently, and kind of, um, yeah, kind of gave them my report at the end of the, the week and a half. And then um, I didn't hear anything for almost a year. And then I get a call one day saying, um, yeah, we'd like to offer you this position if you want to come up for, uh, for an interview. Um, you know, I'm like, sorry, who is this again? <laughs> and it was uh, the student union up here at, uh, up at Nipissing. And I came up, uh, you know, ran through a couple interviews. And um, yeah, the rest is history. I've, I've been here ever since. I, you know, went back to the city, kind of uh, got my things in order, uh, closed down my business and, and moved up north. And yeah, I you know, took, took the leap. I honestly told myself, uh, with the quality of air here, with you know the amount of actor, outdoor activities I'm going to be doing, I'm like I'm going to live at least ten years longer, at least ten years longer up here. <laughs> That's crazy. For me, when I first came here back in 2019 as a young kid, like being coming from Toronto, which is like a big city, you know, all these things coming from suburban Toronto, and you come to North Bay, it's like a big shell shock. For you personally, you know, coming here in 2013, how? Like, talk about, about the adjustment that took for you, because I don't know, maybe it was easier for you or not, but just talk a bit about how you kind of adjusted to North Bay. Like I said, Toronto was completely different from North Bay, three and a half hours away. People think it's confused Thunder Bay from North Bay. So how did you personally adjust to North Bay? How long did it take for you to finally say, you know, I'm comfortable here? So it, it took me at least, at least seven months to get used to the fact mm -hmm. that, like, everything closes down when the sun goes down. I'm like, you know, was typically a night owl. I was working the bar. I had two jobs. I was like, the thing about the, the city was that at any time I could get, you know, the best meals. I could go out and have, you know, the best Thai food you've ever had at, you know, 11 o'clock at night. And, it, right. you know, that was, that was beautiful. Coming up here, it took me a long time to adjust to the fact that, you know, when the street lights come on, you know, everything's locked down. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But uh, outside of that, it was um, a major culture shock because, you know, when I first moved up in, in 2013, uh, there, there weren't a lot of, of, of black people up here. There weren't a lot of, you know, um, you know, just different cultures. So uh, at first it was a, a little bit alienating where I was like, am I, you know, one of, you know, 20 black guys in North Bay? Um, but then it, 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 I kind of turned around the way to look at it. And it's like, this is an opportunity, not just to, to educate, but to like integrate, you know, other people that, that haven't really experienced true culture. It's, uh, you know, and I, I've just kind of been going with that mentality ever since, but things have like definitely changed leaps and bounds since I've, you know, the, the pretty much eight years that I've been here in terms of, um, 
the events that are run in the community, just like the, the different program offerings and um, this people moving up from not only the GTA, but like I've met people from uh, like literally like South Africa, some from Egypt, some from uh, the Middle East. Um, one of my, my best friends right now, he's from Iran. Um, and it's just, you know, that the thing that makes Canada great, it's just, you know, that, that multicultural aspect that, you know, everyone is is still welcome no matter what your background or where you're from so i i love the gta and i love the city um but i, I don't know if i would i'd be you know so quick to move back it's uh wow it's it's a hustle down there it's it's you know it's right. it's always busy you're, you're going 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 it's, it's non-stop and it's like there are some aspects of that that i love but man, just being able to, you know, stop on my way home and, and sit on a beach and catch a sunset. It's like, it, it's, it's a different trade-off, right? It's, uh, it, it's something that I, I honestly love. And I, I, I travel a lot. I've, I've been, you know, a few places I try and I got a, my, my background's Jamaican. I got family in Jamaica. So I try and make mm -hmm. it back there every year. And, um, Man, some of the beaches we got here, give them a run for their money. Like it's it's clean here, with nice clean water, and you know, I just can't complain. I love it. <laughs> like what you've been hearing so far? Make sure to follow us on IG at Lakers Locker Room and subscribe to our YouTube channel while you're at it, where you can find clips of all our episodes and video content associated with the podcast. Part two of the Lakers Locker Room starts now. You, you've been very, we, when we first met last year, you've been very, someone has been, like you said, you talked a little bit about it just now, but you've been very outspoken about like, you know, like the lack of diversity and the things that need to change. You know, I had the opportunity for you to meet the president not too long ago, and he seems like someone that's very adamant on, you know, he first, first of all, I told people this, like he came to the gym with a Black Lives Matter mask. I'm like, whoa, okay, like he really built that. Then yeah. he goes on to say, you know, I feel like every um, institution systemically racist. I'm like, oh, he really about that. So as you and I, as someone who's really bonded over the stuff that happened last year and have worked together to really change stuff the committee, how excited are you to have a new president who's really, you know, has kind of the same outlook on things that we do, especially for you who's been here for eight years and has kind of seen the slow progression, but now we have someone that's really looking to take that big step and really making it a really cultural and inclusive community here in North Bay. I am very, like, very excited to, to work with Dr. Walmsley. He... Um, exactly like you said, I met him last week and he came through the student center with that same Black Lives Matter mask on. Um, it, it's, you know, it's, it's refreshing. It's, it's good to see that, you know, that's on the forefront of his mind. And, um, yeah, you and I are, are definitely going to follow up with him on a lot of different issues. And, uh, we just have to wait and see how kind of things, uh, play out this year, but. I am very, like, very optimistic. You know, we had a, a brief conversation and he's, um, yeah, he seems like he's going to be a great fit for this university. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited to work with him, just getting to know him. He really seems like he really wants to get involved. And first of all, before I continue, like he's someone that really loves sports, which is kind of a plus. Like we have someone that really loves sports, really understands like the platform of sports and how it can really bring people together. So that's a really thing, big thing for me. The question I have for you is, We've had this conversation over and over and over, but like he has some ideas of how he wants, you know, implement things, put things, you know, to change a little bit. Um, just for you personally, just keeping it specifically, you know, just to be conscious of your job. <laughs> what are some things that you would love to see, you know, improve 
you know, over, you know, the next couple of years, you know, as we go into this new movement of the president, you know, a new base and stuff like that, obviously it's been a hard year with all the stuff that happened, but for you, who's been here for like eight years and like said, seeing some progression, what do you think has been the, what do you think is the biggest part of the community or the school that you would like to see improve for the better? I, I would like to see more initiative on the university's part, but it's like, I, sometimes get wrapped up in my job and I, I don't have the, you know, uh, the wherewithal or I'm not on top of, you know, every kind of cause or initiative that, that comes up. Of course, you know, Black Lives Matter hits home to me. Um, I, I love the fact that I, I've got a student like you that, that's here, like, with all of this drive and initiative to, to, to get these things off the ground, the Time to Educate series, all the plans that you have for, for February and, and throughout the year. But I would love to see um, the university kind of meet you in the middle, where it's like, it's not so much on you. And that's part of the reason why I will do legitimately anything that I can to support not only the Lakers locker room, not only athletics, but of course, all of our clubs um, and new base being a part of that. So yeah, that's, that's really it in a nutshell where it's just like, I'd, I'd rather, you know, them come to you or them come to us and say, Hey, this is what we would like to see this year. Or this is what we would like to do for the month of February. Uh, how can we work together instead of kind of you, uh, leading the charge and, uh, kind of taking the brunt of the work and the responsibility. Yeah. I think, it's been a great opportunity to really build that um, relationship with the university because at the time when you gave me this podcast, like I said, I told you when you first gave me the opportunity to take this podcast, I was like, listen, I'm going to my second year, don't know the community that well, no one's going to care what I have to say. So the fact that I've come from 14 months ago to now to really be able to build a relationship with the university, I think is really great just because it's it's refreshing, like you said, refreshing to know that there's they understand that there's work to be done, especially with the statement last year. But I think with this new president, like with the things of me and Kevin Wamsley, like it's going to be a great opportunity to really move forward. And I think that it really helped the fact that the university did acknowledge like their shortcomings last year. And I think it's going to be great to know that they're actually, from what I've seen so far, they're really committed to really trying to make a difference and help, you know, improve the lives of students. Because, you know, being here for eight years, like there's a lot of things that people go through with students. You know, Jason and I have stories from our older teammates who've gone through some situations here in North Bay. So we know that there's a lot of problems that can be fixed. But I'm glad that the university has been able to, you know, come to the forefront and say, you know, and now we realize what we did was wrong or stuff that's been going on, but let's actually work together to fix it. And people like you, like I said, who's been very adamant about some stuff that's being fixed and being able to give people like myself the opportunity to create clubs and come up with some ideas and just help us you know, come together to do some things, which I'm really looking forward to doing with, you know, yourself and New Base and Sarah and everyone a part of the athletics family. Like, I'm really excited for being back in person because it was a long year last year. Me, cause we just met for the first time, like not too long ago in person after 14 months of working together. Like so many things just we did. The fact that we were able to accomplish so much through a computer screen is actually remarkable. Like for people who have never met each other, like we accomplished a lot, it's like starting a group, the Time to Educate series was a huge success. The annuity campaign was a huge success. And all the things that we have going for this year, I'm just super excited to just, like I said, work with you, Sarah, the whole Newsom family, and just really ingratiating the whole community and the whole school to really do some things that can really be impactful. And not just at North Bay, but hopefully the whole OUN, all of Ontario University can catch on and see the stuff that we're doing. 
But before I ask my final question, Jason, I just want to give you an opportunity to ask one any questions that you have before I ask my final question. So no oh, everything got touched on. I was like amazing. I didn't even need to speak much. I apologize. I wasn't speaking much, but uh, words were stolen right out of my mouth. So that was, you know, it was a great chat and great listen for me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Warren, the final question I have for you is just like I said, you've been here for eight years. You've had the opportunity to really be a part of Nimbus and Nusa. What's been your favorite part of you know, being a new, so is it like I said, your job specifically, the planning, is it the relationships you've built, you know, meeting the students, what's your favorite part of your job? Oh, I absolutely love uh, orientation. Like, it's not only, you know, a week of events and it's, you know, it's, it's the team building aspect. It's being able to, I, I'm, a, I'm a background guy. I'm not always like right. in the forefront. I always prefer to be in the background, like, you know, set things up and kind of watch things take, take motion and take flight. Um, so for me, like standing back and being a fly on the wall at some of our orientation events and watching first year students like come out of their shelf between like the first day of, of orientation and the last day, um, literally like, change as 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 a as a person and like like blossom into you know this new step in their life where it's kind of like you know i'm watching them make friends i'm watching them do things that you know on the first day you know trying to get them to, to just to speak out and just kind of say their name was was a little bit of a stretch and then they're you know high-fiving people they got secret handshakes so, you know it's and um, being able to watch that progression over the years and watching, you know, someone go from, from first year to, to fourth year to go to teacher's college and then get a, an amazing position in their field. It is, it, it, it's amazing. It's like before I had a, a child, uh, it, it's like, you know, being a proud father and, and watching, you know, the, the progression and, you know, how people are doing in life and staying in touch with, uh, uh, as many students as possible. It's honestly, it's a, there's no other job that that I've ever had that has that kind of same um, just just feeling that that gives me. It's a it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, we've we've talked about a lot of times when we did a senior send-off series last year. Jason can vouch for this, where we talked about what these athletes like coming as a first year until you leave. Like it's a completely different transformation process. Like even me coming from a first year into about to enter my third year is a completely different transformation. Like I'm not the same person I was <laughs> years ago. Not hey, you have the biggest glow up <laughs> in Nipissing's <laughs> history, man. No, no, no. But like, but like Warren, just like Warren said, like you definitely can see people change from first year to now, whether people go from, you know, not being confident to being confident. Hell, even me, for example, like myself personally, like, I came into Nipissing majoring psychology. Now I'm switching to business. Like people find themselves as they come here. Like, and the good thing about going away from home for most people is that you get an opportunity to find yourself. Like you don't have to really rely on your parents. Cause a lot of, a lot of times the way the reason why people still have that childish attitude say in the twenties and thirties, because they're so used to, you know, having the parents bail them out. They're so used to parents giving them stuff and this like that. When you go away from your habitat, like my dad has a term stucky, which means you're kind of, you're comfortable, you're stuck in your ways and you're com too comfortable. So I feel like going away to university gives people the opportunity to really break out of their shells and really find themselves. And by the time you graduate, most nine times out of 10 people know exactly what type of person they are. 
when you come into Nipissing or whatever university as an 18, 19 year old first kid, you don't know who you are. And honestly, you're not supposed to know who you are. That's yeah. the beauty about university. You have those four or five, sometimes six years if you do BED to find yourself. And it's, like you said, it's really exciting for people like you before you have a child to really see people grow in front of your very eyes. And it's amazing to see when people leave here out all the great stories that they have and just they talk about how amazing this place is because it helped them evolve from a young man or a young woman to a grown person and they can go on the world and just do whatever they want to do yeah absolutely yeah you just wrapped it up put it in a perfect nutshell man but that's exactly it it's uh it's a great feeling and um you know i you know growing up in the city i've had you know my fair share of jobs and you know you you, you do what you got to do to, I was working while I was getting through school and everything like that, but this is just, uh, it's, it's a whole nother level. It's, it's totally different. And, and being able to stay in touch with, uh, with students, you know, now I've got students that graduated, you know, four five, six years ago. And, um, yeah, we still stay in touch and they're, it's just, it's a great feeling to watch people like blossom into themselves and to, to be successful. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's an amazing part of my job. It's got to be my favorite. We need more people like you, though. <laughs> yeah, for real. There's there's too many people who are just like, kick you out the door as soon as you're done. Right. And none that actually care will follow up, see how you're doing, and actually made it feel like you are wanted. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I huge shout out to you for that, for real. Oh, thank you very much. Well, Warren, I really appreciate it. I guess for me and Jason, really both really appreciate you coming out. We had a lot of great conversations. Like I said, it's been amazing getting to work with you last year over computer screen. It's going to be amazing getting to work with you in person this year. So I'm just really excited for you personally. So thank you so much for coming on. So now we're getting to our quick hitter segment. So this is the part of the podcast where we actually get the question and they, answer, they have to answer as fast as possible. So Jason, you got the questions ready? Ready whenever you are. All right, Warren, are you ready? Let's do this. Okay. So first question, Warren, who's your favorite musical artist? Uh, Jay-Z. It's got to be, it's got to be Jay-Z. Uh, Kanye is, you know, a tight, tight second, but um, yeah, definitely that was my first album was uh, Volume Two, Hard Knock Life. It's uh, over. Yeah, yeah, over. Yeah, Jason. I just gotta get himself together. When's Donda dropping? Like, going crazy, man. Going right. crazy. Mm, we'll figure it out. <laughs> All right, uh, artist or song on repeat? Um, I. Artist on repeat, like I can play all day. It's 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 got to be Little Wayne. Um, oh yeah, his, his flow is just fire. It's timeless, you know. He's been spitting bars since he was like 16, so you know he's got a discography that I can you know pull records from over the years, and you know I I, I can play on repeat for sure. From the okay. block is hot to a milli to a lollipop, she was right? man, <laughs> yeah, Jason. Me and my boy Benji were talking about a couple. Yo, if you actually like read his bars, it's actually crazy. Like you're like, and you know the thing is, he doesn't write his lyrics. He talks about he does not write it. He literally goes in and freestyles. And when he goes to the concert, they show the picture. He actually has people teach him his lyrics. Like because he said as soon as he ends a song, he doesn't remember the lyrics. That's how that's how that's how insanely talented that man is. So wow, Lil Wayne is man. He's up there as one of the goats. That's crazy. I don't know. Uh, next question. All-time favorite album? Um, All-time favorite album. Right now, uh, I've been going back to um, Kanye's graduation. <laughs> yeah, and it's just... Uh, 
it's, it's a bad like start to finish it's just like Hang there's, there's no songs you gotta skip over so it's just uh wait favorite song on the album favorite song uh <laughs> I wanna say oh I think Spaceships is on College Drop uh, I can't I, I gotta you gotta come back to, I, I just keep thinking of Spaceships with uh uh Kanye and I think it's Talib but uh yeah, yeah. I don't know I think that's on College Dropout but yeah. either way graduation is the whole album's fire <laughs> me bro as soon as I hear la la yeah. la la wait till I give my money yes I, I give my money right, right. <laughs> yo the way I get lit the Bro, as soon as I hear it, whatever, you can't tell me, yo, bro, that song, pff, man, I like it more than Stronger, but I think that's my favorite, Can't Tell Me Nothing, as soon as I hear that. Stronger, yeah. oh, that's, yeah, that's a good, that's. Warren, when we have the dance one, gotta play that track, no, please, no questions. <laughs> but JC, got next question. Uh, favorite place to go in North Bay? I love Kinsman Beach. It's um, not too far from campus. It's, um, you know, maybe a 10, 15 minute fra- walk from like Marathon Beach downtown. Um, it's it's nice and quiet, it's secluded. It's just uh, a beautiful spot to chill. The sunsets are amazing. Uh, in the summertime, the water is not too cold. It's, uh, it's a great spot. I love to go there and relax and just, uh, Sometimes I'll just be on my way home and stop in and just, you know, sit on the beach for 20, 30 minutes, you know, collect myself after a long day. And uh, it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's like uh, living on an island, man. It's, uh, we got some of the nicest beaches in North Bay, I swear. Nice. Uh, next question. Last show you binge watched? Uh, <laughs> uh, it's actually this, like, Found it on Netflix uh, at the start of the week. It's it's called Penguin Town. Oh. It's literally like the story of uh, like these. They follow these penguins that nest on. Uh, it's in uh, I think it's called Smithstown uh, in South Africa. Okay. And uh, so it's like hot and sunny, and these penguins come once a year in the summertime, and they just take over this town. And uh, people there are super chill with it. Like people have penguins in their house, like nesting in their backyards, and. I don't know. I don't know why, but it just it, it caught my attention, and I watched uh, the the whole season this week. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting. Uh, if you could spend a day with someone dead or alive, who would it be? I would. Oh man, that's a that's a tough one. That is a tough one because it's like I I love to spend the day with Malcolm X just to mm-hmm. like listen, just listen to him talk. Like he was just uh, just so deep and revolutionary, like just kind of thought ahead of his time and he just really wanted to make systemic changes, not even just for, for black people, just just changes to the way that, that things were run. Um, it, it would be amazing. But then I'm also like, uh, to spend the day with someone like Michael Jordan or Tiger Woods, just to like, just to get my head wrapped around what it takes to be that great, yeah, um, <laughs> would be absolutely amazing. But uh, that's that's a toss up. The three of them, I'm I'm kind of juggling. It's, uh, I guess it depends on on the mood I'm in for the day. 
This is a personal one for me, so I'm really curious to hear this answer. So, Warren, do you like pineapple on your pizza? <laughs> I am, uh, like I said before, like my, my parents are both uh, born and raised in Jamaica. I'm uh, like warm blooded. I'm like tropical fruit galore. I, I, I'm going to say yes. I love pineapple on my pizza. If I could put, you know, mango on a pizza, I would do that. But people start looking at me crazy. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm uh, 100% pineapple on pizza kind of guy. Okay. okay, this next one is also a personal one for Tejan as well. <laughs> so, milk before cereal or cereal before milk? <laughs> <laughs> you never, you never put the milk before the cereal. That's just like... You want to know something like, crazy? <laughs> we're, having a we're having a mentor on the podcast. Uh, we had a, I, had a mentor, I asked my mentor this question not too long ago. She does exact same process I do. Milk first, warms it up in the microwave, then puts the cereal. Same. And she's also from Toronto too, which is crazy too. So like, you see, that's that's funny because my my dad does that. Well, he really? warm up the milk and really? then he puts the cereal in. Really, but I'm like, I'm not a. If I'm doing it warm, it's it's got to be like you know porridge or oatmeal. If I'm doing the, the warm breakfast, if it's just straight cereal, like I gotta have the cereal in the bowl, pour that milk on top. Like that's just the way it's gotta go. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, <laughs> next, uh, question number nine. So Warren, what's a song that you will never forget the lyrics to? Ooh, um, like the, the first law, the song that I, I learned back to front was uh, No Diggity by Blackstreet. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's a bit of a throwback, so that one's always in my head. But then, um, like, Hard Knock Life by Jay-Z, uh, Big Pimpin' by Jay-Z. Like, these are songs that, uh, you know, they're never going to fall out of it. <laughs> okay. Nice. So if you were stranded on a desert island, you get three things to bring with you only. What are you bringing? Ooh. Um... That's uh that's a good one. I I love to camp. Uh, most people when they try and answer that are be, gonna be like, oh, I'd bring a boat and you know I'd get myself off the island. But I'm I'm assuming I gotta stay. Uh, I I bring uh, a knife or a machete. Uh, I bring like a flint and some steel, and I would bring. Probably like a, a pot or a pan, something I could, you know, cook some food up in. And uh, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, chop down some some trees with my machete, build up a little shelter, start up a fire, and you know, hopefully catch something to eat. <laughs> Surprisingly, everybody else has answered this. <laughs> the first thing they say, a cell phone. A cell phone. I'm bringing, I'm bringing a cell phone, a charger. <laughs> like, I'm like, Unless this island has a tower, like who who am I calling? Like, <laughs> uh, next question: What's one skill you wish you were good at? I I'm not much of an artist. I, I wish I was better at like at art. I can't draw to save my life. Um, I, I can barely color inside the lines. It's oh, just. <laughs> I, uh, I'm more of a builder. I, I can, uh, you know, I can build things and break with my hands, but the art side of things, that's uh, that's that's where I'm lacking. Okay. I gotta ask, have you ever watched Rick and Morty? I have, yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> okay, okay. So, 
You know how they have like alternate timeline? Yes. Okay, so saying that you had an alternate timeline, anywhere in your life you make some decision that changed, what would you be doing now in an alternate timeline? Um, I, I don't know why, but like, I, I always feel like a, in some alternate dimension that I'm like Denzel and I'm like this, you know, super serious movie star that, you know, is playing all these crazy yeah. roles, action movies and, you know, and, but, um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's just that's somewhere in my head. That's a good one. Final question. So Warren, if you wrote a song about your life, which famous artist would you want singing it? Ooh, um, I, I kind of got to go back to Lil Wayne. Like, he, I, I think he would, he, he'd tear it up, even though my life would probably be a little bit boring to, to you know, to someone like Lil Wheezy. I, I think he would still, uh, you know, throw down some fire on a track and uh, I could stand behind it. <laughs> That's tough. Yo, Jason, imagine imagine um, Lil Wayne did um, a summer warrant over a milli. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that'd be tough. That'd be tough. That'd be crazy. That'd be I'll, uh, I'll email him about the remix. He'll be like, yo, it's time. It's time <laughs> you did a, a milli remix. <laughs> Throw me on that track. <laughs> but that's all the time that we have, so Warren, man. I really appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you so much for coming on. You made this a really good episode. Thank you so much. Thank you. Tejan, Jason, I had an amazing time. Anytime you guys want to have me back on, I am more than willing. And uh, yeah, thank you very much. It was an amazing interview. Honestly, my first podcast. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's another step for me. I can check off the list of the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> hey. Yeah, it's funny. A lot of people this year, it's been their first podcast. So I'm glad that Cause me before we end this, Jason and I talk about this all the time. Like, we want to make sure when people come on, they're comfortable. It's like we yeah. don't want people to feel like you know that it's an interview. Like we want people to feel like it's chill. Like we're just talking. Like there's no barriers or no like restrictions. So I yeah. hope that we did that for you. Absolutely, absolutely. I felt very laid back. Like we're just uh, kind of hanging out, having a conversation, right? <laughs> exactly. So thank you so much, Warren. Really appreciate it again. Congratulations yeah. again with the yes. uh, with the child, your son. Yes. Gotta get that out there. <laughs> yes. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. And that's a wrap on another edition of the Lakers Locker Room. I want to thank our guest, Warren Lazy, for joining us. You can find the videos interview on YouTube and listen to the pull into all podcast streaming platforms. Thank you, Warren. Thank you both very much.